Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Amen. I'd like you to grab your Bibles, if you would. Go to Luke 10 for the next few moments. And I'm going to modify this message a little bit because I know that we've, we've went on with many other things tonight. And I think that's so appropriate. And I'm so thankful that we can do it. I'm glad we do Saturday Night Church. How about you? Come on. I'm in Luke 10 tonight, and I'm going to be reading this evening out of the Passion Translation. So maybe you grab your phone or your iPad or whatever you need, but I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation, out of Luke 10. I won't be very long tonight. This message is very simple, and it's, it's not complicated whatsoever. But there's an anointing, and there's a fresh anointing upon this message that the Lord has possessed my heart with. Frank and his wife, Brenda, were up here with all the other mighty ones. And I remember one night, I don't remember which night it was, Frank, but we were here gathered at the church. And I remember Frank came up. I think you read that out of the Passion Translation that night. Was it the Passion? That's what I thought. And we were already in the throne zone, really strong in prayer. And when Frank came... It was it was just a rallying point moment. It, it was like um, <laughs> it was like a plumb line moment. And I mean that in a very positive way. It was just the plumb line of the Lord just dropping into the meeting. It was so powerful. And I wanted to share that with you. I haven't had a chance to tell you that, Frank. But I wanted to tell you that tonight. But I pray that the Lord will really grip Every one of us tonight, as he settles in upon us in these next moments, Father, I pray that even now our spirit is alert and awakened to hear the sound of your voice and that there is such an impartation of your heart and an impartation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Rest on this house, Lord. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you breathe upon the word and you cause it to become alive and you cause it to burn, burn in the hearts of your sons and daughters in the name of Jesus. Amen. Luke 10, I'm in verse 38. And as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha. She had a sister named Mary. And by the way, I think we all understand they also had a brother. Their brother's name was Lazarus. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guest. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, do you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. She interrupted Jesus. I just got to stop right there and pause and say, I'll tell you what, you got some tenacity if you're going to interrupt Jesus speaking and sharing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like I said to you the other week, have you ever been so worried about something that you go to the Lord and you try to make him worried about it? Well, that's exactly what happens in this text. She's she's ticked off. She's heated. She's stirred up. She's bothered. And she's like, and Lord, you should be bothered about it. And I'm worried and you should be worried about it. And what are you going to do about it? And shouldn't you think that she should help me? Mm -hmm. And the Lord answered Martha. My beloved Martha. Why are you so upset and troubled? Pull away. Pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. And I won't take this privilege from her. Mary has discovered the one thing most important 
by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. And I won't take this privilege from her. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach to this text tonight. And I'm going to make my way to this house in Bethany, this special house that Jesus loved to go to. There was another house, and it was Peter's house that was in Capernaum. It was right on the Sea of Galilee. Victoria, you remember? And our team, as we went through the, the region of Galilee, Jesus loved to go to the house of Peter there in Capernaum. But there was another house that he loved to get away to, a house of Bethany. Bethany's about two miles right outside of Jerusalem. I want to talk for the next few moments, just Jesus entry into the world. I want you to take some notes tonight. Jesus entry into the world. This is John 1.14. I love this. John writes that we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is one of my favorite verses in all scripture. We beheld the one, the one, the beloved of God sent forth from the Father, full of grace and truth. But when you think about the entry of Jesus into this world, it was a very challenged entry point. In fact, Jesus' entry into this world was very difficult. His entry into this world was filled with a lot of obstacles. For the, for the most part, I would just say that Jesus' arrival was not welcomed. Are you tracking with me? This young couple, Joseph and Mary, were summoned by a decree, and they made their way from Nazareth down to the city of Bethlehem. You remember the journey? that they had to make when they arrived everywhere that they were going all throughout town they were looking for a place to give birth to the Lord and nothing was available to, to them it seemed like they went here and the door was closed and then they had to go here and the door was closed then they had to go here and the door was closed and then there was nothing left to them except outside the city limits there was this makeshift cave or barn that they would go to and find the place where Jesus could be birthed. A couple of things tonight I want you to think about. This was not a red carpet experience for Joseph and Mary. How, have you thought about that? This humble couple, this was, this was a time where they were desperate. There was no flashy paparazzi there to interview them. E! Entertainment was not there asking Mary if she was wearing Versace or Gucci shoes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think about this for a moment. If those God-fearing Jewish people would have known that their Messiah, their Messiah, that they had been waiting for, looking for, longing for, was in the belly of that little girl they would have thrown open their doors and they would have rearranged their entire house. They would have broke out the finest scents and perfumes, the finest linens, the finest things, the finest comfiest furniture and linens to prepare a place of honor, a place of hosting them. If they had only known, if they had only known that the Messiah was there in Mary's Woo, they would have thrown open the doors. Wow, I think about that. What would the ladies have been doing? They would have been tending to Mary. They would have been rubbing her forehead, right? They would have been massaging her shoulders. They would have been rubbing her feet. They would have been, I got an amen from Victoria. That's right. They would have been massaging her head. They would have been encouraging her. Maybe they would have told them to go get the harps and Let's sing the Psalms of David. Let's, let's just fill the atmosphere with worship. Let's just get everything prepared for this couple. Let's do everything that we can to get them relaxed. But actually, it was the very opposite of that. It was the very opposite of that. It was very difficult. There was no room for them. They had been here. They had been there. They had been, there was no room for them. I want you to think about this. Contemplate this tonight. Don't just go over the historical rhetoric of scripture get yourself inside of it tonight i want to 
I want to just place this into this message at this time. God is still looking for those who will host his glory. The scripture tells us in, in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, for the eyes of the Lord, they roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking whose hearts are loyal to him. I want to say to you like this. I believe that the eyes of the Lord are still looking throughout the earth right now, looking for a church, looking for a place to rest and dwell his manifest presence upon them. And so many other corporate gatherings are so busy about doing everything else in the world. And the Lord is still knocking on the door of his own church and saying, are you ready for me? Are you with me tonight? Those that will host his presence, those that will host the living word of God. We are the church. We know that we we collectively corporately. It's not a building. It's not a campus. It's us. And the Lord is looking for a people who will host him and welcome him and honor him and give him what he desires in this amazing hour in planet Earth. Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, there's a sad and sobering reality that it says there was no room for them and they were among their own. There was no room for them. Jesus tells it like this, Matthew 8 verse 20. Matthew 8 20 says, Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds they have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. I ask you this, can, can this still be true in 2022 in the church today? That the Lord is still looking for a place to lay his head. Or looking for a place to rest his glory and his presence. Now Mary is at his feet in this house. And this is an amazing lesson. There is a reward that is beyond priceless for choosing the Lord alone. Are you with me tonight? What we have to do this year is we have to learn to discover and rediscover what is most important. We have to learn again and rediscover what is most important. And Mary knew what was most important. She set everything else aside and she sat at the feet of the Lord. I want to give you a secret tonight. You may want to write this down and remember it. Hospitality goes a long way with God. Hospitality goes a long way with God. Brent and I, we've been to a lot of different churches throughout the country. We've traveled for many, many years. We've been through a lot of different denominational churches. And you know, there's a lot of great churches out there. That they're good at hosting their branding. They're good at hosting their doctrine. They're good at hosting whatever. But when it comes down to it, there's many churches out there that still, they have a no vacancy sign for the Holy Spirit's movement among them. And the truth of the matter is, and I'm not being crass, stay with me, the truth of the matter is, they're doing very well in their administration of doing what they do without the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you hearing this tonight? Our priority above everything, above doctrine, above worship, above serving people, above a spirit of excellence, above worship, is, I tell you, it is hosting the presence of of the Lord and welcoming him as king of glory in our midst and to our city. I tell you, God is looking for a place to rest and dwell upon and show forth his glory. What does God want? He wants us and he wants us completely. He wants us completely. He wants to be with his children. And if we have been giving, given such access into the glory of God, church, I ask you this. Why in the world would we be interested in anything else? 
Have you ever been to somebody's house who really knows how to host? The hostess with the mostess. I mean, people that really know how to host and they know what you like. Have you ever been to a home? They know what you like. They've got your favorite coffees. They've got your favorite creamers. They've got your favorite foods. They've got your favorite desserts. You know, I have. I've been to great houses and I, I have loved to have been hosted by so many of you already. But I've been, my wife and I, Brent's serving our children tonight, but we've been to so many wonderful places and churches with pastors that, you know, we, some, some of the pastors we've stayed with over the years, they would, they would have a guest room ready for us. They'd have little treats on the bed. They knew exactly what my wife liked. They'd leave little bags and little foo-foo and, you know, ladies, all that little, all that little stuff that ladies delight in. And, and Brent would find her little foo-foo things and just surprise her and, and they would they would put my favorite candies into the house and they and they would say, oh, Brian, we, we took care of, you know, the drinks that you like. And, you know, you, you all get it. It's great to be at a place where you're hosted. I tell you, hospitality goes a long way with God. Hmm. I'm making my way to a city called Bethany tonight. The Apostle Paul, I want you to put this in your notes. I think this is important. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I didn't give you guys that scripture. And we'll look at it later. The Apostle Paul thought that hospitality was so important that when he talks about the qualifications of people even getting into leadership, they had to possess this gift, and it was the gift of hospitality. That's a very important and it's about making room. Hospitality is about making room. It's about hosting. What are we talking about tonight? Where am I going with this message? I'm talking to you about discovering what is most important. I'm talking to you about making room here in this city for the glory of the Lord. I'm talking to you about making sure our house is attractive and prepared for the Lord to rest in a very peculiar and beautiful and holy, holy way. That's what I'm hungry for. So there's this house. There's this house in a village called Bethany, two miles outside of Jerusalem. Jesus loved to hang out there. He loved to get away. He loved to be there with Lazarus. He loved to be there with Martha and Mary. You look throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you find the, this introduction into this house. Jesus, his ministry had exploded, but there was a place that Jesus loved to pull away from everybody. And when he would pull away, he would go to this place that he loved. There's a house that he loved. There was a house that was open to him. Are you, are you with me tonight? There was a house that he loved. His ministry had exploded, yet he loved to get away, and he would be down in this little city called Bethany, and there he was. Who knows what it was like? Can you imagine just sitting and tearing it up with Jesus and having a bowl of soup and looking into his eyes of fire and his eyes of love and just enjoying good old fellowship with Jesus? I mean, it's just it's awesome. <laughs> it's just awesome. He loved to go to the house. He loved to go to the village. But I believe that Jesus loved to go to this house because his presence was a priority. What was so special about this place in Bethany? Why was it so unique? I, believed, I believe it's because Jesus was loved there. He was loved there well. Jesus was loved there well. Jesus was welcomed. Jesus was celebrated. Jesus was honored. The red carpet, so to speak, was rolled out for Jesus in that house in Bethany. Martha, the worker in the kitchen, preparing meals, dishes clanging, fellowship, laughing, relaxing, enjoying Jesus. And there's Mary. There's Mary sitting at the feet of the Lord. I want to give you a couple of things with Mary and Martha because there's a balance here. Because when you tell the story, you really wish Martha was here to defend herself. 
She's already listening in the, the cloud of witnesses like, I heard your introduction about me, Brian. <laughs> Ultimately, here's a great point. It comes down to what the Lord wants and what the Lord desires. And whatever the Lord desires sets the priority of the house. If the Lord wants us sitting and basking, then we need to be sitting and basking. If the Lord wants us commissioned and taken out on assignment, then we need to be busy about that assignment and busy about the work of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not either or, it's both and. You got that? But in this story, and I love this story, I cherish this story. And Frank, when you broke it out, it broke me open. I'm telling you what, it just broke me open. Mary chose what was best. And Jesus said it wouldn't be taken from her. Here's the message tonight. I want to make room for the Lord in such a way that he lingers and stays. And the glory of God becomes so thick that as people come in, they begin to be healed in their spirit and in their mind and in their body. We've got to raise our expectation, guys. We're not about doing church. One of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer, he said, when you, when you come to church, never expect entertainment, but always expect the high and holy presence of a living God. And I'm telling you, that is the standard. That is where this company and tribe lives. What we're living for, what we're pressing into is an ever-exceeding presence of God in glory, tangible presence where God rests and people walk in and they begin to have encounters with God. That God rewires them in just one time, in one moment, they come in and sitting in the presence of God, the Lord begins to unwind all of the tragedy, all the generational malfunction that has got them so wrapped up, all the traps and snares of the enemy. I'm telling you, an encounter in the glory of God in just one moment can transform an entire life. An entire life. Where you don't have to counsel them forever and ever and ever. The glory of the Lord, I'm telling you, it can rewrite everything. Come on, church. <laughs> That's his first night at victory. Let's give him a big hand. <laughs> How do you say his name again? Nakai. Nikai, beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we, we hear you. It's okay. I want us to discover this year what is most important. And beyond that, I want us to discover who's most important. You know, the Lord is teaching this, this family how to pray. He's really teaching us how to pray. He's teaching us how to intercede. But he also wants to teach us the hospitality of hosting heaven and hosting his glory amongst us. God is sending forth angels into this house, many different kinds of angels into this house to help the preparatory, what it's going to take what it's going to take to really host the presence of God. To really build the throne of God's authority in a region. If you're just looking for a nice, good little family church, well, that's really not where we're going. <laughs> and I apologize tonight. Thank you. The Lord is wanting to teach us. The Lord is wanting to teach us. 
the ways of the Spirit, the way of honor. The Lord wants to teach us the ways of honor. Jesus told us to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And because Jesus taught us to pray that way, that means because he told us to pray that way, it is possible. Jesus never would have told us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if it were not possible. The Lord is longing for us to hear the cry, come up here, come up here, come up into the mountain of the Lord your God, and I will teach you my ways. That's Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2, he says, come. They say, come, come and let us go up into the mountain of the Lord our God, to the house of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we might walk in his paths. The Lord wants to train us and teach us by the Spirit of God. He wants to coach us on what it means to host the presence of the Lord in such a way that the Lord loves to come here and be amongst us. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I've been in a lot of anointed services, but I got another thing to tell you. When I've been in realms of glory in meetings, you can be in a meeting where there's an anointing and it's like wading into a lake or wading down into the ocean. Your toes can still touch the ground in an anointed service. But when the glory of God comes, the bottomless depths of God break out beneath you and it begins to over take and overshadow. I'm talking about the the moving of the Holy Spirit where he begins to overshadow a company and move in and move in. As I'm doing that, I just I'm not seeing it tonight. But many years ago, I remember being in a meeting, literally, literally, where the cloud of God came in and the ceiling disappeared. The cloud was rolling and and it came down about seven feet from the ceiling and the entire ceiling disappeared. I was behind the pulpit not saying a word, out of that cloud, it began to rain gold dust everywhere. It's true. It really happened. People saw it. People experienced it. It was everywhere. I don't often talk about these things. I don't try to amplify them or magnify them. But I'm going to tell you something. The glory of God is real. It is very real. It's very holy. God is wanting to bring us in up into a realm, a higher place that he's calling us to in 2020, that everything changes and it's just transformed, that the very culture of this church is so shifted that as people come in, literally, they're having encounters with the Lord. They're being delivered from devils. They're being delivered from afflictions. They're being delivered from years of torment. They're being delivered from self-hatred in a moment with God. And you can't get there by hurrying up and doing church. You can't get there on a structure, you know, of of things to do through the night. And at 722, we're going to have announcements. And at 733, that last song has to be done. And by 7-whatever, Cody's got to walk off the stage. And by 7-40, I've got to open the Bible and start preaching a little 15-little message sermonette for Christianettes. And then we can hurry up and let everybody out of the building. America bought into that. And that's why we're in grave trouble in 2022. What you reap, you sow. You want you want to feed you want to feed America sugar cookies forever, peanuts and popcorn, cotton candy forever. And that's why we're in the horrible shape that we're in. We're going someplace that the Holy Spirit is beckoning us. The Holy the Holy Spirit is summonsing us and calling out to us. I have exceedingly more. I have exceedingly more for you. I have exceedingly more than you've ever dreamed was even possible.
This is not premeditated with anything with my message. I remember years ago, a dream that the Lord gave me. Years ago, while we were living in Sarasota, we were pioneering our first church. God was moving amongst us. Our church went from 250 to, to 400 in just a couple months. And that's about to happen. That's literally about to happen. And I remember that I had this dream. And in the dream, we were in this different large sanctuary. And the glory of God was breaking out amongst us. And two large angels manifested to my right and to my left in the dream. And every single person in the dream saw them. People were screaming at the top of their lungs. People were getting up and running out the doors. They were terrified. Terrified. The ushers had, in the dream, the ushers had to help me. I said, seal the doors. Now we let the people out who wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you, friend, I want to be an encouragement to you. When angels start manifesting here at Victory, don't leave. Don't leave. That's not the time you want to leave. That's not the time you want to leave. Our dear friend, Pastor John Kilpatrick, I remember he, his story of being just a boy before 15 years of age, 17 men and his mentor praying one night, late at night, two huge, massive angels came walking through that back door, one, one to the left, one to the right. All of those men saw that. There's more to the story. Transform their life. Transform that church. But it, back into this dream, I remember these, these large angels manifested. To my right and my left, people that needed to run out, they ran out. But then I said, seal the doors because word started spreading in the dream quickly. I just knew it was happening everywhere. And people started flocking to this campus to encounter the glory of God. And we wouldn't allow any people with cameras and all of that stuff in. We wouldn't allow press to come in. And people were slipping through the doors and they were just getting low before the Lord. Every aisle was just loaded with people lying on their face before God. I remember that. I remember a night praying over the city. I remember a night praying over the city with two young men that I loved. That was in my life. We were praying over the city. The location's not important right now, but we were praying in a specific location here in Sarasota. One of the young men saw these mighty angels. He saw them. I don't mean he imagined them. I don't mean he thought them. He, he saw them. He saw these angels, and these angels had taken their wings, and they had turned their wings from behind them, and they turned them down and drove them into the ground, and they were plowing up the ground of Sarasota preparing Preparing for outpouring. I'm hungry. And I'm not talking about our fast. And I'm not talking about food. I'm hungry. And at times it's hard to articulate my level of hunger. And I've said so many years, God, are we ever going to get there in America? Are we ever going to get there? Will we ever be weaned off of that that never has worked? I have an appetite for the glory of God. I have my wife and I have such an appetite for the presence of God. And I have an appetite to sit at his feet this year and rediscover what is most important and who is most important to be with him, to hear him. And I tell you, with everything that's in me, I want to be the house that he loves to come to. I want us to be the house that Jesus says, ha, ha, ha. I'm meeting with victory tonight. I'm meeting with victory tonight.
king comes and healings just begin to pop and manifest. It just happens. Deliverance becomes easy. Healing becomes easy. I could revisit and scroll through years in my past where I could barely stand behind pulpits in America and it would just pop like popcorn. Nobody was touching anybody. People were healed. And as I'm saying that, Donna, I'm speaking that right now over Jeff as he's watching. I'm just speaking it. And healing and miracles just would begin to pop forth. People would begin to scream out. and begin to share what had happened in their bodies. I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want you to commit at the height of this fast that together we're going to learn how to throw the welcome mat out to the King of Glory. That we're going to learn how to throw the doors open to the Lord. And what He wants, we're going to give Him. What He wants... We're going to give him. Not whatever, you know, whoever. I know I've said it before, a a great mentor in my life. I remember he asked me the question, Brian, who controls the church? I said, what, Pastor? He said, who controls the church? I said, Pastor, I don't know. I I don't know what you're asking of me. Tell me who controls the church. He said, whoever the pastor is afraid of, that's who controls the church. He said, son, if you will always fear the Lord the way you do, you're going to be completely fine. I want to close with this thought. I want you to put Isaiah 6 in your, in your notes. I want to give you this thought before we close. Years ago, in this very city, the train of the Ringling Circus, how many of you know the Ringling Circus is called the greatest show on earth? The trains would come in and the circus would be out on tour throughout America and they would come back into Sarasota. The history of our city is, is right at the railroad tracks, right off of Fruitville Road, right down here at those railroad tracks, right there near Lyme. You know where I'm talking? The trains would come in. Some of the people in this room may have actually done this, but people would line up along the railroad tracks to see the circus trains coming in, to see the lions, to see the giraffes, to see the gorillas. And here they would come and they would be celebrating the Ringling Circus, the greatest show on earth. The train would keep coming in. The train would keep coming in. Now I want to give you a different picture, a prophetic picture. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filling the temple. This is a spiritual vision that Isaiah is taking up into, and he has seen the Lord, the King of glory, coming into the throne room. And this picture shows this train of the Lord. The train of the Lord is literally filling up the temple. In the Jewish tradition, it was the bridegroom that wore the train because he was the one. The train actually spoke of their depth of inheritance and authority. Isaiah is seeing the Lord high and lifted up and his train is now filling the temple. Are you seeing it? Here's my prayer. My prayer is that the train of God's glory comes into this city and it keeps coming in and it keeps coming in 
and it keeps coming in. And people are going to say, this is the greatest show on earth. It's the greatest show on earth. I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. The Lord wants to pour out his glory. There's going to be, there's going to be cities before it's all said and done and before the king of glory comes in the midst of the harvest of the ages and this outpouring and awakening. There's going to be cities so transformed by the power of God. Transformed. Transformed cities require something. They require a transformed people. Because transformed people transform cities. Now let's take it to another level, not just individuals, but to a corporate body where the glory of the Lord can rest on in such a way that it begins to transform a city. It begins to transform a region. I believe that we are marked by God. I believe that we are set apart unto the Lord. I believe his presence and I've felt mighty waves of it continue to just come and rest in on us tonight. I want to light your appetite tonight. I want to light your appetite. That we discover this year what is most important and for who is most important. And that we commit this church. Lord, this is yours. You have your way here. This isn't Brian and Bren's church. This is the Lord's church. And everything that's about to come and everything that's about to come. Everything that's about to happen amongst us. And when things begin to shift and then they begin to shift again, we'll step back and we'll go, it was all the Lord. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the glory. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, church. Come on, church. Here's our prayer. Show us your glory. Here's our prayer. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Cody, I want you to come. I want everybody to stand tonight. Shane, I thank you for just making that plea tonight. If you're in this room, the, the, the cry has already went out. If you need to make Jesus your Lord, your Savior, your King, your Master, you need to do that tonight. Tonight is the night to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the night. You don't want to delay. If that's you in this room, you want to give your life to the Lord, you need to wave at me right now so I know you're in the room. Right back there. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Man, I honor. I honor that right there. Anyone else? You want to give your life to the Lord. Anyone else, you want to give your life to the Lord tonight? I want to see your hand. I want you to make your way right up here. Shane, I want you to greet him right there. Come on, let's give God praise for this. Hallelujah! 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 Let's lift our hands to the Lord tonight. Shane, I want you to pray with him over there, okay? I'm going to do a different ministry over here. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, church. Lift your hands, church. Let's honor him. Let's honor him. Lord, thank you that your blood flows tonight. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin tonight. Thank you for a new beginning tonight. A new beginning this night. Tonight, you're here and you would say, Brian, I want to join you and Bren this year in the journey of hosting the glory of God.
If that's your cry, would you just wave tonight? Just wave. Yeah. That's the heart of this house. <laughs> I saw that. That's the heart of this house. Cody, I knew you'd pick right up on that, even though we didn't talk. I just want you to lead it for us and just help us step right into it tonight. Would you do that? Help us just step right into that. desire to make an altar tonight, I want you to slip out from where you're at and join us right here, right here. You desire to make an altar with the Lord for the glory and for the fire. I want you to step out from where you're at. Make an altar tonight and make it your prayer. Let's press in together. Make an altar tonight. Come church. There you go. Build an altar tonight to the Lord. Even now as your body is weak, that's a prayer crying out to the Lord. Fasting so intensifies your level of prayer. As your body is hurting, as your body is so uncomfortable, as you're feeling just the draining of your strength, that's beautiful unto the Lord. He's attracted to that right there. It's intensifying the cry that can come up out of your spirit. A prayer that can be released from your heart tonight. It's not about volume. It's not about shouting. 
It's about a surrender. God, this is my prayer. And I really mean it. God, show us your glory. Show us your glory. It's my prayer. It's my prayer, Lord. It's our desire, God. It's our desire. Pour out your glory here, God. Pour out your glory. Pour out your fire. Pour out encounters with you, O oh God. Oh, sure as God. Make our heart cry. Make our heart groan. Make our heart groan for your glory, God. Make our flesh hunger for your presence, oh God. To be fully satisfied by your presence, oh God. Oh, to be hunger for your presence, but then to be fully satisfied. Fully satisfied by your presence, God. That nothing else will do, oh God. Build an altar tonight, build an altar, build an altar, build an altar, church. want you to take hold of this prayer tonight. Ask the Lord to teach you this year how to pray. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Now, I know there's many seasoned saints in this room. 
But I believe we need to be very humble before him and just say, Lord, I want you to teach me to pray afresh in 2022. Teach me to pray. Teach me to intercede. Teach me to seek you and place you first, Lord. Teach me to seek you. Teach us to pray, Lord. Lord, teach us to groan before you. Teach us how to give birth, to give birth to that which you long for. Hallelujah. Teach this company, God. Teach this family. Teach us how to be undignified, God. Teach us how to get out of our heads. Teach us to stop thinking so much, even in moments like this. Even in moments like this, to go backward and start thinking, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to groan. Teach us how to birth. Teach us to enter into that place with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, break through into this house. Break through into this house. Rest here, God. Rest here, Lord. Dwell here, Lord. come your will be done here here as it is in heaven lord here as it is in heaven let it be done lord your glory in such a way that every form of disease is delivered oh god Show us your glory, Lord. Oh, show us your glory. Teach us to host your presence, Lord. Teach us to open up the gates and open the doors. Teach us to open our hearts. Oh, God. Teach us. Oh, teach us, God. Thank you that you're beckoning us to come up higher. To come up higher into the mountain of the Lord this year. This year into the high places. Oh, yes, the Lord is summonsing us into the high places. The high places, the high places. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Where I can teach you my ways. And that you will walk in my paths. Oh, God, teach me. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, God. Teach me, God. Instruct us, great shepherd of the house. Great shepherd of the house, lead us. Lead us in, Lord. Lead us in. Lead us in. Just grab hold of it and pray that the train of God's glory will fill the city. ourselves before you, Lord. Lord, consecrate us unto you this year. Consecrate us unto you. Set apart 
set apart, holy unto the Lord, sacred unto the Lord, called out from the world in the spirit of this age. Consecrated unto you. Lord, let your fire burn. Let your fire burn. Holy Spirit, light the fire. Light the fire. Tonight, light the fire, Holy Spirit. Ushika. Ushitara. Ikaradai. Ikaradais. We want you, Lord. We want you. Holy Spirit, you orchestrate it. Not a move of man, but a move of the Spirit of God. No hype. No gimmicks. No fluff. A move of your Spirit, God. A move of your spirit. We want you, Lord. We long for you, God. In a dry and a weary land, my soul thirsts for you, God. My soul hungers and thirsts for you, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friend, if you're uncomfortable or if this makes you a little edgy or you feel a little nervous, my encouragement to you is that you need to grow. You need to grow. Don't let this make you nervous. Don't let this be awkward. Let the Lord grow you. Let the Lord increase you. Let the Lord deepen you. Deepen us, Lord. Deepen us. Church, grab a hold of it and pray it. There was a prayer that came out of Wales that said, Bend us, Lord. Bend us, Lord. I say tonight, deepen us, Lord. Deepen us, Lord. The deep cries out to deep. The deep in Him is crying out to the deep in you. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Lord, I pray for a fresh baptism tonight. A fresh baptism of your spirit tonight. We need a fresh outpouring. 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 Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Oh, let your fire fall. 
As we linger tonight, as we stay before you, we say tonight, as your body, we are consecrated unto you. And we dedicate, Lord, every day of this brand new year to enter into the realm of your glory, friendship with you, intimacy with you finding that which is truly, truly most important. In Jesus' name. Stay and linger, guys. There's no closure to tonight's service. Good night. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.